0: From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with the Conversation's politics team.
1: Hi, I'm Peter Brown from the Conversations Politics team, and I'm speaking to Michelle Grattan in Canberra. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Peter. Well, it hasn't been a typical week in Canberra with Anthony Albanese in Madrid, where the NATO summit is discussing ways to respond to Russia's escalating atrocities in Ukraine. And back home, the deteriorating international situation seems to have been affecting Australians thinking about the world, the Lowy Institute has just released its latest poll on attitudes to foreign affairs, which shows that people are more fearful about the world. And back in Canberra, federal politics has been dominated by crossbenchers outraged over the government's plans to cut their staff. So, Michelle, Australia has already made large contributions to Ukraine's military, and Anthony Albanese wants to visit Ukraine on this trip to Europe, but that'll depend on the security situation there, which seems to be, if anything, worsening. Regardless of whether he gets there, would we expect a further contribution from Australia? And are we now considering reopening the embassy?
0: Yes, I think we will get a further contribution. Uh, We are already the largest contributor outside NATO countries, so we are... Invested in this fight. And I think that one reason why the Prime Minister wants to go there, he's been invited, is to just reinforce this point. Of solidarity with Ukraine. And of course, quite a few people have uh, come from Ukraine in recent uh, weeks and months and have been welcomed into the Australian community. There's uh, quite a strong community already here from Ukraine. So I think hopefully Anthony Albanese can get there, but at least we are showing that uh, we are very uh, invested in this conflict. And I think if we can get the embassy reopened, obviously there are security problems with that too. But that would be very important, helping to uh, process people who need to get out. The embassy was closed when the war started.
1: The war in Ukraine does seem distant from Australia's core foreign policy interests. But there's an obvious link to the Indo-Pacific via China, which the PM is stressing, isn't he?
0: Well, that's right, and in a speech that Anthony Albanese is giving today, he says some have questioned why Australia has made such a sustained contribution, even though we're so far away, and he makes the point that by supporting peace and sovereignty in Europe, we are underscoring our ironclad commitment to these norms in our own region, the Indo-Pacific. And uh, of course, I think on all occasions, the Australian government is making this point that everything is is linked, that what happens in Europe sends signals to our region, uh, in particular to China. And I think that that also is reflected in the attitude of NATO countries.
1: And speaking of attitudes, the Lowy poll shows that the the war in Ukraine and China's increasing assertiveness are having an impact on Australians' attitudes uh, towards the world more generally. Just over half of the people Lowy sampled favoured defence spending being increased, and three quarters of them thought that China will probably become a military threat to Australia in the next 20 years. And yet... Oddly, the coalition didn't seem to get any traction with national security and China during the election campaign. Why do you think that was?
0: Well, certainly the coalition hoped to make national security a major theme and it thought a major reason why some voters would stay with the government when the polling came. But of course, that didn't happen. And I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that factors like cost of living just overwhelmed in people's Minds uh, on election day and how they cast their vote, but also foreign policy backfired because, of course, during the campaign we had that signing of the China Solomon Islands security agreement, and the then opposition was able to say, Well, that's a failure of the government, the then government's foreign policy, not to be able to ward that off. And the Lowy poll, which was actually taken in March, before the election, of course, showed that people were very concerned about China's assertiveness in the Pacific. And I think that that argument that Australia hadn't been able to really respond properly in that area or adequately in the Pacific uh, did resonate with people.
1: Meanwhile, Defence Minister Richard Miles, who's also the acting PM at the moment, has announced that the government is extending the term of the Chief of the Australian Defence Force, Angus Campbell, and his deputy. It's an unusual move, isn't it? Is it a good idea, do you think?
0: I think it is a good idea because Richard Miles was stressing the need for continuity in these uncertain times, and also there are a number of uh, defence projects which are in the pipeline and need to be advanced, and a big changeover, uh, because the service chiefs are uh, changing at this time, a big changeover really would be quite disruptive. This move was welcomed by the opposition and of course Peter Dutton, opposition leader, is a pretty hardline person on uh, military issues and he is the uh, immediately former defence minister. So the fact that he was praising it I think is significant. What critics would say is that there have been problems in these procurement areas and maybe that's an argument for change but i think that the argument for stability is a more compelling one
1: the other story i mentioned this week is uh, the arrival of uh, the new crossbench MPs at parliament house this week for their orientation days Now, the crossbenchers are in their first stouch with the government pretty early in the term over their prospective staffing levels. How's that row playing out at the moment?
0: It's always interesting to see the newbies around Parliament House. They congregated Aussies and they're taken around to see all the facilities, told how things work, go into the chamber, look at the gym. Uh, It is really the first days of school uh, or just before the first days of school that uh, reconvenes in late July. It's uh, notable that the government has been tough on this question of staffing. They, The crossbenchers, of course, were far fewer in the last parliament and they had four additional staff compared with the uh, average backbencher on the government and opposition side. Now, of course, there would have been a, a big expansion in numbers if they had all got the for additional staff. What they are saying is that they have to look at every bit of legislation. They have no sort of institutional backing from a party to help them, and therefore they'll be much disadvantaged. What the government is saying is that everyone has to tighten their belts and that the facilities at the parliamentary library will be expanded. Now, it's hard to know how this is going to go. Certainly the crossbenchers are continuing continuing to be very vocal they're writing op-eds and and getting media coverage. The uh, point is being made by crossbenchers in the Senate, especially David Pocock, who won a seat from the Liberals in the ACT, first time that there hasn't been uh, a Liberal and, and Labor senator from the ACT. And he's saying that he certainly needs those extra staff. And there's an interesting alliance between David Pocock and Pauline Hansen, who apparently... Have had some talks this week, and they're they're both uh, on the campaign about staff. So I wouldn't be surprised if the government comes up with some compromise. I think it'll need to have to. One way to compromise would be to leave the situation in the Senate without a cut, but stay with the uh, the cut in the House of Representatives. And of course, the government doesn't uh, need the crossbench. In the House but uh, it does need it in the Senate.
1: Great to talk to you Michelle thanks very much.
0: Thanks Peter. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on
1: our website at theconversation.com.